Nice recording. Okay. Alrighty, Roo! I like talking to you! And welcome to another episode of Pencil Neck Geeks. And this week, we've got an absolute bumper week of wrestling. We've held it off. And I think we're going to be doing this from now on, recording on a Tuesday night, publishing it early Wednesday morning so we're able to cover the pay-per-views and Raw. And then we might add a little uh, add-on episode later on in the week to cover SmackDown, NXT, and a few other things. But to help me in this jam-packed episode, I have the one, the only, you know him, your mother knows him. Oh, soap dish! The ironic thing is, is that my mother doesn't know me anymore. But that's that's a, that's a story for another that's, podcast. That's another podcast. <laughs> Mummy loves me. Why is she so blue? <laughs> oh, funny. Um, yeah, he has. It's, it's, as you say, it's, it's been a massive uh, week for wrestling. It, it, to be honest, this time of uh, the year is my favourite time because. It's when we get two pay-per-views in a weekend. They are my favourite weekends for wrestling because we get... Two pay-per-views. Well, because we get one excellent pay-per-view and normally yeah. one average to good pay-per-view. And so, that's it's not let me down once again. It, has, it really hasn't. Well, I'm sorry, because they've announced the next pay-per-view is TLC. Is that next month TLC, right? Because we're at, like, end November, so it's got to be next month TLC. Has TLC always been the... Because I remember back in, what, a decade ago, it was Armageddon was a December pay-per-view. Yeah, TLC has been the... How recently have they changed that? Um, I don't know. It's been... I mean, I remember TLC being this time of year for at least the last two years, hmm. uh, but probably longer. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's... I mean, you're right. I mean... Back when you know we were kind of watching wrestling in the late nineties, early noughties, it was always Armageddon, which yeah. made sense, you know, end of the world, end of the year. But um, yeah, TLC does seem to be the year ender nowadays. It's strange because it's a strange pay per view to have as well, where you've got Money in the Bank as a pay per view, and that was the main attraction really for that match. Mm. Yeah, uh, strange one. Um, but yeah, massive week. Uh, we, but we have to borrow it into last week to discuss this. We kind of we skipped a, a, a podcast uh, in order to talk about this event. Um, the big one for me, Daniel Bryan. Huge. Daniel Bryan, new champion, beats AJ Styles, and kind of turns Hill in the process. I, I don't think there was any doubt in that. I mean, it was definitely a Hill turn. Um... See, because I was hesitant to say heel turn because when I watched it, I'm like, low blow, that's a heel turn move. Hmm. But I watched it because I watched it. Uh, did I stay up live? No, I tried to stay up live to watch it, but couldn't. And then watch it next morning early. And then I had to tell Tobias, my eldest, that I've got some bad news because uh, AJ is his favourite. Hmm. Um, he, he, took, he took it like a champ. But 
like when I watched it again the second time, I wasn't so sure it was a completely heel move. We're obviously in the era of WWE where they're trying not to define heel or face. And I kind of felt that it was him just being that much more sinister than we've seen him for, you know, since the Nexus days, I guess. Yeah, I I, I kind of get what you're saying. I mean, no, I do get what you're saying. Um, it, it, it's kind of that thing they do when someone does a heel turn, um, where initially when they do something that's a bit heelish, you don't yeah. necessarily know at that time, have they gone heel or have they just cheated the system a little bit? So yeah. you're, you're right in the, on the surface and in that match, was he a full blown heel? Possibly not. Um, he just did something very heelish. Now, what I do want to point out at, at, at this, well, two things. Yeah. The firstly, before we go into the rest of what happened post last week's SmackDown, there's probably going to be a lot of dick references on this episode. That's that's the first thing. But the second thing... It <laughs> Well, yeah, other than that. But the second thing is um, what I can't get my head around is why AJ Styles... Is that the first sick reference? Yes. Getting your head around. Getting Sorry. my head around. But why has AJ Styles not learned anything in the last, you know, nine, ten months about being oh, kicked in the balls? About, he talked about wearing a cup. Yeah. Must have big balls. I mean, the thing is, we can get you can get cups for that. Uh, apparently, I've never had to buy a, a large cups. one. Yeah. But, I mean, the thing is, like, if you look at, you know, his matches this year and everything like that, he just doesn't seem to learn. And I remember, and I mean, this is an old angle now, but when uh, Bret Hart went to WCW... Do you reckon what Kurt Angle calls his dad? Yes. Old angle. Old Old angle. angle. Hey, old angle. (laughs) Grand grand old angle. Um, So, like, when Bret Hart was in WCW... There was a, uh, I can't remember what the, the lead up to it was now, but there was a rivalry that he was having with Goldberg and leading up to the match. And I think, I think it might've been the time actually they had the match where, uh, Brett oh, got kicked, uh, and, and obviously had to retire. Um, but, uh, Brett Hart, knowing that Goldberg's, one of Goldberg's moves was a spear, wore a metal plate under his shirt. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So, surely after like the seventh time that AJ Styles has been hitting the balls, he'd start wearing a cup or something, just just in case somebody did the same thing to him that Shinsuke Nakamura seemed to do on an almost weekly basis. But would that then, if we are going down this road, would that then show fear? If you're covering something up, if you're protecting something, does it then show an element of fear or perhaps a weakness? No, it shows smartness. I mean, if there's one, if there's one body part you want to protect, it's, it's like your testicular area. Let's be honest. It's very painful when you get kicked there. I should know. So, More painful than having the kids? That's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. Um, so, I mean, just in general, just make them all wear cod pieces. It worked for Batman. <laughs> but as shocking as AJ Styles not wearing anything in front of his todger, uh, was him dropping the title. I don't think this was, for, for my viewpoint, it wasn't on WWE's periphery. 
uh, going into that week of wrestling, for me, I felt that they were kind of forced to make that jump with the title due to Becky Lynch uh, getting injured by Nia Jax. Because Survivor Series started to look pretty plain and predictable before um, before they put the title on Daniel Bryan, and we got that dream match of uh, Lesnar versus Daniel Bryan rather than the repeat of last year. There's a couple of there's a, so there's a couple of things about that. So the first one is uh, the rumors are that AJ Styles uh, suggested to Vince about uh, a heel turn uh, and winning mm. the belt which he was very pleased with. Now, you know, again, as we've done before with this kind of stuff, you know, we've got no official sources. We don't know anyone that works backstage at WWE, so this is just what's in the dirt sheets. May have happened, may not have happened. And so the timeframes around that are also kind of sketchy. So that's one... Um, you, you say we don't know anyone backstage, but I have shaken hands with Randy Orton many times. Did he, uh, did he poop in your bag? <laughs> yeah. Did he, did he poop in the trunky? He pooped in the trunky. We'll have that on a t-shirt. Out of nowhere as well. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure probably out of his butthole. Um, so that's so that's one thing. The other thing as well is that, and this also tied into the, and I've not watched it myself, but the AJ Styles 365 they just released. Um, there's a lot of rumour going around that AJ Styles has said that he wants to work a reduced schedule. Yeah, I can believe that. Uh, he's getting on. I mean, he's he's going to be mid-40s now. Yeah, yeah. You know, a, a, a big family man, um, you know, loves God, doesn't love the gays, but loves God. Um, and, you know, he wants to spend more time with his family. So, uh, you know, it, it makes sense. And maybe, you know, it was a case of the two things, you know, kind of happening at the same time that mm. did that. So I, I love the idea that, it was a bit of a knee-jerk reaction to Becky Lynch, but I'm, you yeah. know, I wonder if there's more stars that have aligned to make that happen. And and on that, actually, because obviously we didn't uh, recall one ourselves last week, um, you did one with a very good co-host instead. Um, you know, I want to talk about the Becky Lynch thing because when I first watched uh, the footage from Raw, I couldn't really see what had happened. Um, I don't think they showed it. I, I, well, I really don't think that they showed it. You didn't see it. You didn't see it on, on Raw. You know, because the brawl was mm. going on, that you didn't see it happen. You just saw yeah. Becky Lynch one minute looking okay and the next minute bleeding from somewhere. Um, and when you then saw the footage of it, it was quite shameful. And, I mean, you've... And we both talked about uh, Ronda Rousey on here and you think that the woman's still quite green and you know she's no you know what i'm i, I am willing to uh was it f fall off my horse or fall on my sword or whatever phrasing you wish to choose because you can horse she, on she your has... sword if you want uh i don't like dangerous animals that's a good point uh her, her match against charlotte was unbelievable so i kind of have to not eat humble pie because I, I do believe no. that she was green, but she's really um, performing out of herself and also showing a few signs of uh, illness uh, in her behaviour recently. We'll talk about that later on. Yeah, uh, but the thing is, Nia but, Jax is is so green. The jolly green giant has actually offered to step off the cans of sweet corn um, mm -hmm. to allow her to advertise sweet corn. 
I so mean, it yellow. Yeah, but it's jolly green giant. I mean, Nia Jax is a liability, and this isn't the first time that she's injured a wrestler. She's injured a few. Now, it's a little yeah. bit like when, uh, you know, what, 10 years ago we had, uh, or probably longer than that now, we had uh, Ken Kennedy. Um, and he was seen as a liability because he used to be involved in quite a few wrestlers being injured. And he got a reputation and he got, um, you know, he got put out to pasture, which means going to TNA um, yeah. nowadays. Um, and to me, Nia Jax is the same. And the, for me, the only reason that she hasn't been canned already, like Sweetcorn, is because of her family connections. And I don't yeah. think that's an acceptable reason. And to make it worse, they're now giving her the moniker of like, the, was it the face buster or the face smasher or something? Uh, phone jacker. Phone jacker. They're calling her the phone jacker because of it. Um, I don't think you should be playing on that. If you've smashed somebody in the face because you're actually useless at your job. I, but also we're talking about the same company that was using Roman Reigns leukemia battle uh, in a promo to well, get we're, some we're jumping we're, we're, we're jumping ahead. I know, but, but I know. Yeah. But these are the people we're dealing with here. It is true. The fact that if if something trends and if something is newsworthy, WWE do have the history of riding it as hard and as long as they possibly can. They've done it so many times. Like how often the Bret Hart thing comes up? Eddie, because Eddie's in hell. Yeah. Who's who's his son's dad? Um, it, yeah, they do have license. So I can kind of see uh, they've been trying to put Nijax over as a big tough bad guy. So for her to gloat about it kind of makes sense but in the world of the E. But she's just clumsy and sloppy. Like, this isn't trying to use something distasteful to get her over. This is using yeah. her inability to actually do her job properly. I mean, anyone else in that company that's done the amount of stuff that she has, she'd be at NXT, not even on TV, she'd be back at NXT in the performance centre, learning the ropes again, before well, bringing her if, up. If she'd, if she'd done that against someone minor, and she wasn't in a position where, because she is currently for winning, what, the uh, Battle Royal, she is ultimately the number one contender. So if... Like, uh, if she was Ember Moon, and mm. Ember Moon had injured, like, uh, Mandy Rose or someone, and uh, she would then be kind of, like, put off TV and have, like, you know, some more sort of training program. But because Nia Jax is where she is at the moment, they can't take, they can't pull her from TV. They, You know, they could give her an injury ankle. But as WWE know... PR is huge. People are tuned in to see what the um, reaction is to Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch is the biggest thing in wrestling at the moment, getting the biggest reactions, whether she's on screen or not. So it just made sense for them to run with it mm. and for them to kind of big her up as this kind of face buster or whatever person she is. She, but she ruined the pay-per-view. Well, yeah, she, she ruined pay-per-view and, you know, possibly ruined AJ Styles' title run. Mm. Uh, but for saying that, the main event was really bloody good. And it kind of, it turned um, a pay-per-view that I was not fussed about, kind of thinking, I'm going to tune in just to see what Daniel Bryan does now. Because I wanted to see 
what Daniel Bryan, whether he's going to come out going, whether he's going to come out doing the yes. I wanted to see what it was about. It's the first time, because I was so excited when he announced, I think we spoke about it on the podcast, but I was so excited when he announced he was coming back mm. because you saw how much he loves wrestling. It, whether he was watching the Diva program or he was just tuning in to like the, um, the, uh, the SmackDown program after SmackDown, you know he wants to wrestle. You'd heard rumors about him going off to the Indies and wrestling there because their doctors will clear him. And when you announce you're thinking, oh my God, this wrestling's just going to be perfect now. And then he got entered into a few big casts. And then he got buried further on SmackDown. And then it was the feud with Miz, who I love, but just it was kind of rushed, even though they delayed it. And you just kind of thought, he's got no momentum, and I'm not interested in seeing him because there was nothing he was doing that interested me. And now they put him in a title match, which felt a little bit rushed, given that he'd only had one a few weeks ago on SmackDown. And it's rare to get a title match on SmackDown. Mm. But he felt a little bit rushed, a little bit naive of the champion also to agree to a match uh, that close to facing Brock Lesnar. But it's been done in the past. That's okay. And then he goes and turns heel. During the time in wrestling, when there have been a lot of heel-to-face or face-to-heel turns, and this guy has been the absolute one of the top faces in WWE for the last decade, to turn someone who's you know only a couple of rungs below John Cena was absolutely massive. I remember watching the, uh, the documentary about Daniel Bryan, about his uh, retirement speech, and how Vince said to him that you can say whatever you want, Say whatever you want, take as long as you want, as long as you finish on doing the yes um, gesture. Vince loves it. The crowd go crazy for it. And now this guy who, you know, created the biggest fan interaction thing to happen since what, has now basically turned against that, in a sense. So it made me want to tune in to Survivors to see how he did it. And I love what he did with it. It was like for the first time, he was smiling, kind of menacingly, and it was making me smile because I'm thinking, yes, I can now see that for the first time since returning, and when did he come back? What, like May sort of time? Mm. The first time in you returning, you're having fun. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was needed. And I don't think yeah. we really realised how much it was needed until it happened. And It was so refreshing. Mm. And we talked about it, I think we talked about it on, our, on one of the old shows, the Pop After Dark, when he came back. Because it was such a big thing. Like, it was yeah. so out of the blue, because, you know, yeah. we didn't know it was going to happen. We never thought he'd be cleared again by their medical teams. We knew he'd been cleared by other doctors, but not by their own medical team. So, Absolutely. you know... And I think he, it's been disappointing since he's come back for the reasons you've said. And so we knew something had to happen, but I don't think any of us expected that. It's the reason why they haven't turned John Cena Hill ever. And they should have yeah. done uh, on numerous Do occasions. Do you think so? Yeah. Um, just I, because... I always, felt, I always thought they were justified in not turning him Hill because he kind of already was in the fans, in the eyes of half of the fans. Now, I don't mean their left eye, or their right eye. I mean, half of the fans who were chanting the Cena sucks, they kind of saw him as the hill. So he didn't need to turn in the same way Roman Reigns. You know, if he's getting that much reaction anyway, you kind of don't need to turn him. I do think, though, with Cena, had they actually bothered to turn him, 
when they should, when I feel they should have done a few years ago, that what 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 would have happened is then everyone would have got behind him, and then they could have turned him face again. Uh, possibly, I do. I but do think that could have worked. Have given because you see too much like the stuff we and we'll get to Enzo Amore, but you see the fans trying to take over so much control, whether it be online or it be in the arena, and it would have given the fans that much more. Uh, that much more control or power mm. in terms of the people speaking up and saying, you know, we don't like Cena, we want him to be ill uh, because we're going to boo him until he is ill. So it kind of like, I, I, t- I totally respect the WWE for not turning John Cena. Um, and I think that he should always be the one that never turn heel. But unlike Daniel Bryan, because now I kind of still, and it's going to be interesting, SmackDown's only a couple of hours. And I'm definitely going to, because now I want to stay up, I want to tune in and see what Daniel Bryan's got to say. And there's no way that he should open SmackDown, because you want people staying till the end to hear what he's got, got to say. What I like so far is that he's not turned on the crowd. He did the yes gesture four times when he came out Spire Series and then stopped it dead. And he didn't do it to antagonize the crowd. He didn't point at them and say, like, you know, you don't deserve it or I don't like you. And then he kind of like, um, like, almost like Finn Balor, when he's a demon, uh, like, crawled down to the ring somewhat, like, almost uh, stalking the ring. And then he walked backwards for a while. And I'm like, man, like, he's thought about this. He's thought about what his first entry to the ring is going to be. But he's smiling the whole time. He's not got an attitude the first time. Like, now he's, you know, quote marks, the bad guy. He's smiling. When Brock Lesnar comes out, he's smiling and he's joking about. You know, he's, he's teasing Lesnar around the ring. And it kind of, so I kind of felt that you're going to be, you know, closer to a heel than a face, but you're going to be in the same sort of bracket, I think, as Becky Lynch in the... We're going to like you more because we know what you kind of stand for. We know that you want to be champion and we know that you're not going to take any shit anymore. So I kind of think that he's going to not be like the bad guy that everyone's going to try and chase. Because again, in the way that he, in the way that he is his champion, where we see the Hills try and like cheat to win and stuff, which obviously he did against AJ, but in a match about against Brock Lesnar, he wasn't using heel tactics to try and win the match. He was trying to win it clean. So I kind of felt that like he, I don't think he is going to be heel, but I'm just going to have so much fun watching him again. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I, I, I think that's, that's pretty good, but I think we need to leave that there because that's right at the end of the weekend. And I think we need to go back to the start of yet another excellent NXT takeover. I can't even remember the last time there was a bad one. There's no such thing. I might, I might, because I've got so much free time, I might spend time going back to the start of NXT takeovers and try and find a bad NXT takeover, (laughs) because there's not one that springs to mind. They're absolute fire. It's the best thing about wrestling by such a long way. And they've got so much talent that don't even get on the cards. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what was the, um, what was the opening match? Well, it started, it started with, um, again, I've noticed this a lot. Where what was the women's possibly, match? Well, I'm watching, 
No, it wasn't. Um, what they do now is they do it for the crowd. Oh. Where, be like, the house shows or whatnot, they mm. give, like, a big entrance music um, to get the crowd going and to get the crowd behind them. And I think they figured that if they opened with Shayna Bazza against Kara Zane, mm. then they wouldn't have the reaction from the crowd. Mm. And they couldn't really start with either of the men's singles matches. So they threw out Riddle versus Ono, because they knew that the crowd were going to go crazy for Idol and then sing along to Ono. So that's a perfect way to uh, open the pay-per-view. Yeah, Riddle, or as I believe he, he should be actually rebranded, RVD Jr. Um, I, this was my first time seeing him. He's a name that's been on the independent circuit for a while. What I mm. do know of him is that um, he came for originally from um, the Ultimate Fighter, which was the yeah, UFC yeah. reality show. Um, had a bit of a career in, in UFC, quit to right. become a wrestler, and has been wrestling in the Indies for a good few years now. Got himself a, a reputation. Um, he's got a bit of a stoner gimmick, um, yeah. and he likes to walk around bare feet or in flip flops. That, that's what I got from Riddle. Um, I love how he does the flip flops, by the way. Because I think everyone's done that when they've been on holiday. No, you have. And then they, they, they get they get down to the pool and like, come on, going in. They kick them off and then jump in. A, uh, yeah, I mean, I wasn't. I wasn't. Just me. <laughs> Just you. It was um, normally with socks, though, with you. Um, I um, so this was my first exposure to him. Um, I mean, he's not been with NXT very long, but it's my first exposure with him. Um, it's only second match, I believe. Yeah, I, I I could give or take him. I wasn't overly impressed with him. I, I didn't hate the gimmick. Um, but he just, didn't really do much because it was no. a one hit um, one hit wonder. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, he, like his mic work and stuff like that. You know, oh, it, was, it was fine. It was plausible. Um, just didn't really uh, make me get really excited or or hate it. I just felt a bit nonplussed by it. Um, Cassius Ono, I. I've honestly got no idea why they keep wasting time with him. I have never, so? I've never got it. Um, really? To me, he is somebody who, you know, he was, uh, you know, he was in NXT years ago, got dropped mm. because he kept putting weight on. Um, yeah. and, and I'm sorry, but if you are an athlete, if you are, um, you know, at the performance center five days a week, six days a week, seven days a week, uh, and you want to be a pro wrestler and you want to take it seriously and you are training with what many wrestlers regard as, you know, the, the best company to work for, um, you've got absolutely no excuse um, to let yourself go. Um, he clearly couldn't be bothered. They let him go. Um, he worked in the Indies for a few years, come back again, they gave him another opportunity. To me, he's still just blah. I've got See, no I, time I, I for I hear him. what you're saying. I, I hear what you're saying. Like, um, but I believe the work ethic should be different. And I don't know what his work ethic is. But work ethic is different to appearance. Because obviously you've got like Randy Orton. Randy Orton's been in wrestling for, since he was, what, 18. And he's never been, he's always been uh, slender. He's never been, you know, a big, muscly guy. So you kind of think the, where they've got the opportunity to then like bulk up, and if they're not on screen, they should just be in the gym, you know, doing weights. But that's the magic of wrestling. The wrestlers come in every shape and size. Like, be what's his name, Zach 
with uh, three legs. Um, all walks of life, anyone can be a wrestler, so to speak. You know, so it was what was brilliant about the uh, Raw versus SmackDown uh, Survivor Series match because there were so many Nothing. different uh, looks. No, it wasn't about the Survivor Series match, I felt. But obviously, with Rey Mysterio involved, you had so many different people um, represented. But this is. So you kind of feel like, you know, where him and Riddle have a similar sort of like bro sort of catchphrases, but totally different. If everyone looked the same, I'm pretty sure I'm going to break out into song. Uh, But if everyone looked the same, then people wouldn't be able to relate or, you know, like or enjoy certain wrestlers. I completely agree. But if you, like, if both of them had a six pack, you wouldn't get them confused. They still look completely different, even if they had the same body shape. The point is, when Chris Hero first came into NXT, he wasn't a fat lump, or he didn't put on a load of weight. He did that there. So the thing is, how do you wait? Like Kevin Owens is a good example, right, of someone who's always been bulky, or Samoa Joe, right? They've always had that size, shape, and weight to them. Chris Hero, or Cassius Ono, didn't. He let himself go. And that's the difference. Yeah. It's not that they've taken somebody who was a body shape and, um, you know, it's what's well, so, no, that is what's happened. You know, they're not accepting him for who he is. He's coming as looking quite slender, quite muscular and just lift off donuts or whatever it is to, to get to the shape he is. He doesn't look like, he looks <laughs> like. Make you sound like the chief Wiggum of wrestling. <laughs> he is the chief Wiggum of wrestling. Donuts. He probably is. Um, and I've just got no time for it. Like, if you are given that opportunity, like, there's so many wrestlers that would kill for that opportunity and to go and squander it twice. And the thing is as well, right? Because, I mean, to me, Kevin Owens is not a traditional wrestler in terms of his look, right? And he never oh. has. But what he has got is something about him. You know, his character his uh his his moveset um you know how he talks on the mic how he presents himself it doesn't matter that he's a chunk of a wrestler right because he's got those other things to me ono doesn't have that he's just generic as you like there's nothing about him that's redeeming and and so that's why i've got no time for him but it didn't matter because he kind of reminds me of like a bigger james storm that's an insult to james storm because I think James Storm's a far superior wrestler to him as well as, as all the other things. Um, but the good news is is that I don't have, have time seen, for him, neither did have Riddle. Have you seen Ono? Because I think you, if you haven't seen it, then you might like him after you have. Have you seen Ono? His comedy uh, special on Netflix? He, or? <laughs> yeah, he does one with uh, Chris Rock. No, have you seen Ono when he competes in the Halloween Battle Royal earlier this year? I have earlier not. this year? Uh, here last uh, later last month on Halloween for God's sake. Well, that that was uh, that was earlier this year, technically. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> a few weeks ago. Have you seen that one where he's dressed up as a dinosaur? No. It, yeah, it's worth a look. Fair he enough. comes out dressed as a dinosaur. Uh, spoiler alert, and it's fantastic. Oh no, it's great theme music as well. So stop hating on the big guys. Yeah, I like Kevin Owens. Anyway, the fact okay. is... You're basically an Instagram model right now. That's well, all you are. Tell me, I wish I was. But I tell you, the thing is, like, we'll talk about size a bit later on because there's some other weighty things are we, that we are get Are we going board. back to dick jokes? No, not, not just yet. 
Um, right. But the, the thing is, I don't have time for him. Riddle doesn't have time for him. Uh, possibly the shortest match in NXT history. One strike and it's done. And we can then continue with the event as it was supposed to be. Um, yeah. And yeah, as you say... Good, good way to kick it off. Good way to kick it off. It, it on, 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 on the it off. Yeah. Multiple. And then it went straight into uh, Basla in the best of three falls against Kyra Zane. And yeah, I enjoyed the match. Um, I felt the women could have had a bit longer uh, for it being a three out of, uh, two out of three falls. Uh, but I kind of liked... Yeah, you know, they don't do too much interference in their matches. So it still kind of feels a bit unique when it does happen. I like that they're already showing where the angle's going to go to next, where Kyra Zane had her powers come out to kind of even up the numbers. Uh, so I'm looking forward to see what the future brings for that feud. Um, it doesn't look like it's over just yet. I love both gimmicks. Um... I saw, I saw Basler a few months ago when, when NXT mm. come over. Um, didn't know That's too right. much of her until then, but I thought she was excellent. I thought she had a very good match. And I think, uh, again, you know, she, she's keeping up that record at home for very good matches in NXT. Um, yeah. Carrie Sane, I, I've, I don't watch as much NXT as I want to, but, you know, I've caught yeah. her before on takeovers. Love the gimmick. Love her work ethic. Um, it was another good match. I'm not a massive fan of two out of three falls matches. And the reason yeah, for it is it's too obvious. Yeah. You, I, no, I, I think I've seen one two out of three falls match that's only gone to two falls in all my years of w- watching wrestling. They're so predictable. Um, yeah. The only thing that's not predictable is is the final fall. But you know they're going to be one apiece. Um, and so I don't care for them in that regard. But I thought it was good. Um, I thought both of them looked strong. Um, and no one came out of that match looking weak, which I think is really important. So both of them, although obviously Carrie Sane lost, it, she didn't look like she was a loser. Um, she looked, she still looked like she could have won it and she was unlucky. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, let the feud continue. Yeah, yeah, I, I'd say what I mean. I kind of felt that uh, because uh, Shane Baz is still champion, I didn't think she was going to be the one. But when on Raw, you had, I know I'm jumping around, but you had Ronda Rousey basically calling out anyone from the locker room to come out and face her. And I thought, oh, man, can you imagine if they just pull Shane the Bastard out now like they did Nikki Cross a couple of weeks ago on SmackDown? Mm. Uh, it, it wasn't. It was Mickey James, spoiler alert. But, and it was massive disappointment. I like Mickey James uh, for many different reasons. Um, but... Yeah, I kind of felt that maybe it was like her time. The only problem I've got with Kyra Zane, it kind of feels that she's another Oscar. She's not good on the mic. And you racist. kind of feel that... It's not racist. She's just not <laughs> good on the mic. You know? I know what you mean. Tucker Mishinoka wasn't good on the mic. You know? I'm pretty sure when Kai and Ty and Fanaki were tag team and they were the number one tag team on SmackDown, I think they were very good on the mic. Even if it wasn't their voices. Indeed. <laughs> but no, I know, I know what you're saying. Um, yeah, that, and I mean, I think unfortunately, um, we're still in a, a WWE universe where if you don't, you know, if you're not The Rock, um, or you're, or you're not uh, American, 
you don't yeah. get the same opportunities as you should do based on talent. Shinsuke almost broke that ceiling, um, but as time has proved recently, he didn't. Um, and I thought he would be the one. And so if he can't do it, I can't see how anyone else uh, that doesn't have English as their first language is going to. So I think she will probably float around the middle of that card. Might See, get a couple I, I of title runs, that's it. Could be. I still think Shinsuke could be if he's given the time, because he's not been given time on SmackDown. Mm. Uh, you, you know that I've had a massive problem with how little the IC title and the US Championship have been defended. Mm. But with Shinsuke Nakamura, you feel like it's not him to blame because he's not been given the matches. He's not been given the TV time. Seth Rollins is constantly on Raw. He doesn't miss an episode but doesn't defend the title. Shinsuke is not. He's not involved in a feud. Um, he's not, you know, doing this uh, weekly challenge, uh, the Open Championship Challenge or whatever they call it. So you kind of feel that he could be the one. Whenever he's been on the mic since the Hill turn, he's been fire. So I kind of feel that it could be him if he's given the right amount of time. Oh, it's it's certainly not down to him like it's not his yeah. fault that, that you know i just said what i've said about him it's purely down to the booking um yeah. and their their lack of faith i think more than anything else um yeah. absolutely underused um i mean he was so hot in nxt um you couldn't wait for him to break through because you thought he could do big things and you know it's just it's just not happened and i think my personal feeling is they're just a bit scared because he's not their traditional um yeah he doesn't give the 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 right interviews you know he's got he's a very unusual character in how he presents himself and i i I just think they're scared about pulling the trigger um to give him that that long run and they really should do i'd like to think now we've got daniel bryan in this new role and possibly aj styles stepping aside a bit i think that would be he makes how big daniel bryan makes the belt look by the way Yes, but that's because he's so tiny. He's so tiny, bless him. Also, before we move on to the next match, because uh, he's kind of uh, shooting on the two out of three falls matches, and I hear you, they're not the matches I usually get excited for, and I'd like to not use that often, so you kind of feel unique in that sense, and it's a battle of you know great technical wrestling often that wins the bouts. But if you've not seen it, Check out Kenny Omega versus Okada. It was earlier in the summer. They're two out of three falls. If that doesn't make you fall in love with it, nothing will. It's an unbelievable match. Definite contender for match of the year. Isn't isn't Okada the uh, online shopping from Waitrose? Um, I will do that because I do <laughs> like both of their work ethic. Again, work ethic is my new catchphrase. It seems. Yeah, well, um, but it was it, it was uh, is, good. Is that the name of the? Uh, is that the name of the podcast? That is week? what we work should ethic. have. That's what we should have called it. Um, we should or, have called it Pentanet Geeks. Jokes. <laughs> dick jokes, work ethic, and yeah, dick, dick jokes. jokes. Um, and also the other thing with uh, a two out of three falls match, it does mean that the crowd uh, can't shout out one fall, which I'm sure one upsets fall. them immensely. Who started that? Uh, tosser. It must be someone like that. Yeah. 
They didn't ever, I wasn't sure if it started here because they were doing it, it obviously on the uh, ITV program. Yeah, it's it's definitely something that I've heard at Progress and a few UK companies over the last four yeah. or five years. But it feels like a UK thing that's now made it onto it, US TV. It could well have done, and frankly, if that's true, it just gives the world even more reasons to hate us. So thanks, Neckbeard. Um, right, the next match was... Well, I, I mentioned uh, Contender for Match of the Year, and we've got another one on our hands here. I was blown away by this. I've been kind of... I've been bigging up Alistair Black recently because I think he could be a, fu- a definite future champion. I think his skill sets are so unique. His character is different. The way he could easily be face or heel, it just ticks so many boxes. His match with Johnny Wrestling, because he was wrestling this time, mm-hmm. with Johnny Wrestling, was an absolute contender for match of the year. It just had me hooked from start to finish. I adored this match. I'm going to go and watch it again in a minute, I believe. it's. I, I enjoyed it. Um, I didn't enjoy it anywhere near as much as you. Um, I mean, obviously, they've, they've been doing the Who Shot Mr. Burns angle, uh, for this Maggie, <laughs> Maggie wrestling, um, I did it for Jumper. <laughs> did it for the Rock. That's what Nia Jack said. Um, you didn't like Becky. Um, so I mean, I, I wasn't as invested in it as you were, and that's my own fault because I've not been, you know, a great promo package. NXT, just like WWE, have excellent promo packages to highlight the matches. Um. But, I mean, it was a good match, absolutely. Uh, Johnny Gagano's really got uh, a bright future ahead of him. Alistair Black, I I think, in some ways, he reminds me a little bit too much of Braun. Do you think so? Yeah, I I can't... Why? Because Braun's a big giant. Braun's a big monster. Yeah, I think... Alistair Black, do you know how tall do you reckon Alistair Black is? I don't. I, if I was guessing, I'd say six two, six three. He's only six foot. Oh, okay, interesting. Just, just carries, small, some, like. carries himself well. Um, exactly. It's the same long legs of his. Mm. Where he goes, whoopie, whoopie, But again, we're talking about someone who um, had a big indie career, very popular across the UK. Yeah, um, and it, 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 I believe he's a Dutch. Huh? He's a Dutch. He's the first, He's a Dutch. apparently the first Dutch uh, superstar they've had. Um, and he's done phenomenally well for himself. I'm like, again, just like uh, Johnny Wrestling, I think he has also got the potential to do quite well. Again, I, I think the booking of the main roster is what scares me about these people. And it's sometimes why when I watch people in NXT, I don't want them to get the call because... Yeah, and we've yeah. talked about it before. Uh, we've seen far too many occasions now where people have been called up and they just haven't had the same opportunities. They haven't had the same people batting for them. Um, yeah. And that, I mean, I think a lot of that problem is that there are still so many people on the main shows that have been there far too long. You know, you mentioned you know, Randy Orton. I'm, I'm going to talk, talk to you about a call-up in one second. I just need to whack through the callbacks match a little bit more. Um, there's there's a move set in it where I think Alistair Black hits Johnny Gargano about 27 times in four seconds. And it just like, for me, normally where you get like, this is awesome chance, 
it's usually where they step it up a gear after about 10, 12 minutes in the match. But these two just seemed to go at it from the start. And it was just a story they were telling this match. And there were so... Like, NXT are the masters of the near falls. And there were so Mm. many falls. That's got to be it. No, that's got to be it. That's it. Game over. Like, where are you getting all these finishes from? And, again, testimony to Johnny Gargano, because he can work a ring. Guy is unbelievable. And the spots in there. We didn't talk about... And I will still go back to the call-up that's coming, because we have talked about it in the past. But we neglected to mention the spot in the Shayna Baszler match, where you had that horrific DDT, where, uh, was it, Kyra Zane lifted her up for the suplex on the oh, ring. Oh, God, yeah, how did we forget that? Down. Oh, My I winced. I winced God. at that. Um, in fact, there was a couple of moves like that the whole weekend, but that was yeah, the, yeah. that was definitely the first. Um, that was, absolutely, this is, you don't see, and this is what I like about wrestling because with music, we've kind of we've discovered music. You know, there's not going to be. Well, no, hang on, hang on. <laughs> we did not discover music. Just, just to well, be clear. Okay, okay, I'm not Barry Gordy, um, but we discover music um, in terms of people. We've got all the genres we're going to have. Thank you very much, robots. But with wrestling, and it still amazes me, they can still come up with so many different spots and so many different moves that have never been tried or tested before. And that was one you also had. I love seeing the suplex where on the outside, they're so rare. Normally you see them like hiking up for the suplex to suplex them outside and it always gets reversed. Mm. But and that was for the Velveteen Dream um, Tommaso Ciampa match. You had that. But call-ups. Well, get to imagine me. Call-ups. I spoke about him, I think it was two or three weeks ago with yourself, because I felt he was ready and he was the person that SmackDown needed because they were missing a big, tough guy. Braun Strowman's on Raw, but they were missing a big, tough guy. And Lars Sullivan, I felt was the guy that I mentioned to you who was ready to come and, you know, really make an impact in SmackDown, where Samoa Joe kind of didn't make enough of a dent, I felt, and I like Samoa Joe. But Lars Sullivan, um, and this is what really made me stand up during the series, he's being billed as coming soon. He is coming to the E, finally. Uh, I mean, I don't know too much of him. I didn't catch too much of him in, in NXT. Uh, I've caught a few matches, but that's it. Um, I mean, has he officially quit Metallica now? That's, <laughs> yeah, that's the first yeah. question I've got. And the yeah. second one is, because I'm not too sure about his history, is he Nathan Jones repackaged? Sorry? Is he, is he Nathan Jones repackaged? Because oh, he reminds Jones. me of Nathan Jones. God, <laughs> and yeah, his milky boobs. Him? Yeah, it was away from deepest, darkest Australia. That's right. Yeah, but I think I think I might say last time this guy, who he had tickets for WrestleMania, uh, or it was like wrestling at Madison Square Gardens, and his girlfriend went and, um, like told him that wrestling is like for nerds and whatever, and said that you know you're meant to be taking me out on a date, and he turned down the girl and went to see the wrestling. <laughs> I believe I believe that's Lars Sullivan, and like that's it. Like grew up to be this guy. It's absolute beast of a man. So I'm really excited to see what... Because that's what made me stand up during Survivor Series. So we'll get to it in a minute. Because we've got to talk about Champa versus Velveteen Dream. How good is Velveteen Dream, by the way? Again, someone we've talked about before on, on this show. Um, 
I, I mean, the man just absolutely oozes charisma. I've not seen it said anywhere. Um, I'm mm. sure there are people that uh, don't like the fact that his gimmick does appear to be quite heavy on, um, you know, the 80s wrestlers. So, obviously, a lot of Bobby Roode, uh, Ravishing Rick Roode, um, a lot of Macho Man, a lot of Hulk, um, you know, that kind of, you know, similar moves, that kind of thing. But the man, to me, I just think just it is the ultimate package. He's got the look. He's yep. got the um, the moves. I'm not even just talking about the, the wrestling moves. I'm talking about how he carries himself to the ring. He yep. just has the audience in his part, the palm of his hand, without sometimes doing hardly anything at all. He just captivates people in a way that I've not seen uh, for a long, long time. And, you know, again, is it because it's an NXT crowd um, is it going to work on the big stage? I hope it would do, and I'm sure it would do. Um, and, and time will tell. But yeah, I mean, the man is just amazing. Um, and he, he, he's had a lot of big superstars saying that he's the future. Yeah, uh, but and and, and, the same, and the thing is, you know, he was fighting Tommaso Ciampa, who uh, again has had an amazing career in in NXT. Um, yeah. And again, someone I think uh, if they called up tomorrow would be able to, you know, go toe-to-toe with most of the roster. Um, yeah. I, I, I love his his look, the intensity of it all, um, the moves, just, just again, just such a good package. And so a lot of people were worried that they, apparently they'd fought on some house shows leading up to this and that the matches hadn't been very good. So people right. were kind of worried about how this was going to be. And this, to me, was my match of the probably the weekend, actually. Um, it was, yeah, yeah. I, I preferred it over Johnny Gargano. Um, I, I, you know, I, it's not taken away from that. It's a good match as well. But no, for sure. This, yeah. to me, just, just had everything. And I think the reason why it stood out for me is probably because of what you were saying before, the near falls. I mean, about... So I was about, convinced you'd won it. Well, I mean, the thing is, I was convinced he was winning the belt. Not when the bell yeah. rang, but just during that match. They they suckered me in so much, I was convinced <laughs> he was going to win. And some of the spots, again, were absolutely insane. Yes, I loved him pulling out um, the Rick Rude neck, neck breaker. I loved him pulling yeah. out the Hulk moves, I think, you know. It worked for what it was. Because well, he came to the ring as uh, Hollywood Hogan, didn't Hollywood, he? yeah, with the headband and everything. I mean, the, the fact the headband got such a reaction from people. Who gets a headband over like that? Amazing stuff. But what was what I thought worked so well is that he got that in. So he got in the kind of retro moves, but that's yeah. not all he had. It wasn't like that was what he had to give to the match. That was just a small part of what he was doing in that match. And that's what, you know, if he was relying on that stuff, I think you'd have a problem. But he uses that in a way as a nice kind of tribute to kind of get the old school fans into like those classic moves whilst pulling out all this other stuff as well. And yeah, I mean, I know the elbow drop is, you know, kind of seen as steals this day, like a macho man thing, especially the way that he does it. But the way he was doing it and where he was doing it as well, more importantly, elevated it from just being a carbon copy it was putting his kind of version of it on the map and 
uh, yeah, I was absolutely hoodwinked. Thought he was going to win. Loved the finish. Um, When it was over, I was sad, to be honest. It was over, (laughs) which is very, very rare for me. That's what I mean. I was knackered after it. I was genuinely. They they got you so worked up. It just, yeah, everything to me was just, just complete class. And again, another match, the third match really in a row, where neither of them came out looking like a loser. And it's something they get wrong so often on the main roster for me is making people look weak or not adequate. And, you know, all of those competitors, you were like, I could see them fight again next week or the next pay-per-view or anything. No one looked bad coming out of those matches. They just put so well. But I do kind of, because I want to see more from Champion Dream, but you kind of feel that it's going to be someone else to now challenge. You kind of feel that they're not going to get like a long program out of those two. You could be right. Um, I I kind of think like Alistair Black now for winning his match against Johnny Gargano. I kind of feel like he's going to be the one to go and challenge Champa. But the the thing you're saying about, because you know I'm a big Champa fan, I wear the T-shirt and I, I love hearing him on the mic. But I kind of feel that, again, watching it this weekend, I wonder if, you know, he's a fantastic uh, champion, but could because they're kind of leaning towards him and Gargano teaming up again, could they go on to become one of the most dominant tag teams in wrestling if they were to go to WWE as a tag team? Because I think they will be talked about on the same level as, you know, Legion of Doom, Dudley Boys, that sort of, Hardy Boys, that sort of level. Whereas I don't think he will be talked about in the same bracket as, you know, Hulk Hogan, John Cena, Rock Stone Cold. It's funny because I didn't realise until the other day and I was reading up on it that they didn't used to be a tag team. I was absolutely convinced when they come up to NXT that they had been tagging on the indies and they hadn't. And yeah. as you say, that just to me, well, I mean, that, that shows two things. One, how good they are as individual wrestlers, but also yeah. um, how they could turn their ability into an amazing tag team. By far the best tag team I, I can remember seeing in 10, 15 years. Most exciting yeah. tag team I've seen. And there have been some good tag see, teams. We don't see tag team, so we don't see tag team wrestling headline shows anymore. But no, I think they would bring that back. No, I mean the thing is, at one point there was a lot of tag teams in NXT. You had uh, obviously American Alpha. You had um, Dash and Wilder as the revival. You had the Vulder Villains. They're just the three at the top of my head. Um, they were all kind of around at the same time, and it seemed to be that they had a bit of a tag division going on. And then it like you know they got called up or they got released or whatever um, or split up and it kind of disappeared a bit and and we've said before that one thing that we feel that the the, the two main shows are, lo- are are lacking is a decent tag team division. You've got quite a lot of tag teams, but none of yeah. them are really that great. Like you say, you know, when we were growing up, we had the Rockers Legion of Doom lesser extent the bushwhackers demolition you had all these kind of classic tag teams the heart foundation and we don't really get that anymore you know I even that after, might be a bit harsh on new day 
Yeah, but then, but then who have they got? The Usos. That's yeah. really it. So it's not taken away from them. But what I mean is, um, and also Usos, it's, uh, so New Day, it's like the, the free bird rule. So it's always a little bit flaky with that, you know, free person. But, yeah. you know, the thing is, you know, so I mentioned those classic ones, but, you know, even after that, we had, you know, a, a, a run when we had the Hardys, the Dudleys, um, Edging Christian, Christian. Uh, Team Angle, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. to a lesser extent Team Angle. But, do you know what I mean? You, you still had a decent roster of tag teams. Now, we've got the Usos and New Day who seem to fight each other all the time because there's no one really else for them to fight. Um, yeah. And on Raw, you've got Dash and Wilder and... Then what did you have like Titus Worldwide? You had uh, you've now got Rudin and Gable. We, 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 you know who are pretty good, but they still don't have it. The B squads. You know you you've got. It's not that they haven't got tag teams. It's just got the no one that's really dominant. And even um, AOP uh, P, um, they're oh, good, but again, it's just, like, they don't really have anyone up there. There's there's no like the Usos and New Day are what the Hardys and the Dudleys were, but they yeah. hadn't. But it's if the Hardys and Dudleys existed, and Edge and Christian or anyone else didn't exist, they've got each other, and that's it. And on Raw, you've got AOP, and you've not really got anyone else for them to fight. That's a real challenge. So NXT does seem to be where you're kind of getting these these tag teams coming up and coming through. And I do think that if you put DIY back together and brought them up to the main roster, they would completely dominate either brand. And I think it would be a breath of fresh air and could go on to really do big things. So um, whilst I love both of them individually, uh, you know, if the option was to bring them up to the main roster as a tag team, in a heartbeat, absolutely, bring them up. Yeah, I'd have some of that myself. Um, main, main event time though what did you think of War Games itself I am not a massive fan of War Games as a concept yeah. I've got no problem with the two ring thing um, yes it's a, the only thing with the two rings is obviously it takes up so much room which means that you've got to have a much wider angle of the resting which means you don't get to see yeah. the close ups as much I mean that's not saying there weren't any close ups but what I mean is, is that you miss out on quite a lot of the action when they do do a close-up. Um, do we do? <laughs> and I thought it was going to be a dick joke show. Um, so, I mean, I thought, you know, that the concept I'm okay with, um, it, it takes far too long to get going. Um, you know, I think the, you know, two-on-one, two-all, three-on-two, three-all, you know, I think it goes on for far too long, especially as well. In you actually the match- had quite a lot of people complaining that NXT had tweaked the rules. Okay. Yeah, yeah, because obviously they change it to three minutes and they change it to one person comes out rather than the entire team comes out. And apparently like in the press conference after War Games, like, that got put to Triple H and he basically said, did you enjoy the match? He's like, well, shut up, <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love Triple H. So, um, so in that regard, I just feel that it goes on for too long to start a match. Um, the only thing, you know, uh, the problem with War Games as well is that it doesn't start until everyone's in the ring. So the match had already gone on for about 15 minutes 
yeah, of people beating each other up before anything could actually happen to matter. Yeah. So I didn't like that. I did like Pete Dunn, my old friend Pete Dunn, um, getting locked in a cage. I thought yeah, that was quite yeah, clever. It. Really thought yeah. that was well done. Um, I love that the un- point though. Was you watching it thinking because he was showing the knee injury and stuff? At that point, I'm thinking someone else is coming out here. Yeah, I couldn't work. Well, I mean, on the one I, hand, I had DC three in my head was going to come out. I, on the one hand, there was that thought process, but the more rational me was thinking, "Oh, I need to pair bolt cutters." Like, yeah. don't get me wrong, it was very clever what they did, but it's not like yeah. they couldn't have got him out some way. And at the very least, they probably could have called Robocop to do the same thing he did at uh, Capital Carnage <laughs> 90, um, break the cage door open again. Um, but yes, because of his leg being bandaged up and he was obviously obviously working for an injury, I did wonder if that was the swerve. But, um, it, you know, either way, it was fine. I had no real... Uh, knowledge of the War Raiders. Um, I, the worst thing about this match, for me, is, is their name. I fucking hate War yeah. Raiders as a name. It sounds like a bag of crisps from the eighties, um, or or a, like a, an app on the iPhone, or one of those yeah. games where you've got like a load of armies from the medieval times. Um, I like the gimmick. I just don't yeah. like the name. Um, that said, I, I didn't really have an idea about them. I obviously know uh, about Dunn, I know about Ricochet, I know about the Undisputed Era. They, uh, the War Raiders, were uh, one of the highlights of the match, especially um, the bigger guy. I can't remember what his name is now. Hermie? Um, let's call him Herbie. Oh, it's I not his name, but let's call him Herbie. But, uh, you know, the, the larger of the two, um, I mean, that guy can move. I mean, he, he can't, can't. it was unbelievable the stuff that he was pulling out. Um, I mean, both of them were pretty impressive, but uh, he especially just pulled out some moves. I'm like, how are you doing that? Um, and uh, we're talking about innovation and stuff like that. Um, and, and trying to find, you were saying earlier about trying to find new things and how they're, you know, they always find a way to do a new spot and innovate in, in some way. The powerbomb that he did with about eight people attached, right? Sick, when I'm watching it, do you know what I was thinking? It was like watching a Super Sentai show, um, which yeah. for the world is like something like Power Rangers, when Azul is transforming, where, you know, the Megazord has jumped into, or uh, the, the Dragon Zord climb on top of him, and then they've jumped into like the Dinosaur Zord thing that they had, I didn't watch it back then, so I don't know what it was called. But when they have this mega formation, so take what's already one big thing and make it a massive thing, and it kind of changes and converts. And that is what that looked like to me. It looked like a giant Japanese robot. It was bizarre. Very impressive, but bizarre. Um, I thought once the match actually got started, it was very good. So really good spots. Uh, And again, no one looked weak. Everybody yeah. got their moves in. Everyone got their shit in. Everyone looked good. I love the Undisputed Era. I love the music. The first time I heard the music, uh, I was like, what is this generic crap? And then, really? and then I heard the boom, and I'm like, oh, hang on a second. And then I watched <laughs> the rest of the engine, and I was like, okay, by the, by, the time, by the time Adam Cole 
and the rest had got in the ring. Bang, bang. Yeah, I was completely hooked that this was the best theme tune I've ever heard in wrestling. I'd gone Damn. from hating it to loving it in about 30 <laughs> seconds. That was the power of... Oh, it was a power of the Undisputed Era. Uh, I think they're great. Um, again, I don't know what they would do with them on the main roster. The only thing they could really do with them is do a similar thing to what they did with the Shield or Nexus before that. Um, and I wouldn't be adverse to that, to be honest, if that's what they were trying to do with them. But I think they're all great talents. Uh, Ricochet's Ricochet. Do you need Ricochet, to say anything Ricochet. more? I, I mean, that's, that's phenomenal, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. I, again, I, I like his entrance a lot as well. Where did he even come from for the finish? I can't even <sighs> see that there's a camera angle that picked up where he started from to make that leap onto the top rope. So then it, it was just phenomenal. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there was one. And again, that goes back to the problem of it being a War Games match is that, you know, there was so much, so much you missed out on. You saw him replays later on, but you didn't see properly the first time around. Yeah. Uh, and I, I wonder how, I wonder how you'd feel as a fan because obviously for, for the War Games, they were alternating the matches as to what ring they would be in. Because mm. if you've like paid all your like, you know, thousand dollars to sit ringside, but then you can't see the ring. Because it's on the other side of the ring. Yeah, I, again, it's another thing that I don't like about that particular setup. Um, it is what it is, but yeah, I'm not. I, I'd be more. I'd rather see war games personally. I'd rather see war games with places say like um, elimination chamber. See, I, I like the chamber. I like the chamber, and I mean the thing is, like, you could have a. a so I mean the thing is, I had no. Other than the timing, I, I, I had no problem with the holding people back from the match. Um, yeah. To me, I think War Games would have worked better if it was elimination. I think it would have made it more exciting, especially yeah. as you kind of got those two on, three on ones and, and stuff like that. Um, yeah. But as a concept, I, I don't hate it. But yeah, I, the, the two ring thing is a bit is a bit much. Uh, and like you say, I'd, to the I'd person like to watching... I can't remember the last time we had it as a singles match. Um, I know WCW had a few, um, but there was always tag teams or factions involved. So I'd like to see it, as you say, Elimination Chamber, but with single wrestlers, you know, six guys, no no one, no tag teams, no friendship, no groups, just six guys going at it. I'd, I'd be all on board to see you, that. I mean, look, let's be honest, right? Next pay, next NXT TakeOver, you can announce Elimination Chamber for the title, and you can have Champa, Gagano, Black, Ricochet, Cole. Yeah. Done. You'd have to. Um, you know, quite. A, and if they announce it tomorrow, people would lap it up. The place done with Velveteen Dream, lap it up even more. I mean, the thing is, you know. Harsh on done. No, I'm just like, you know, because he's British, he's not as over as, as like a Velveteen Dream is, for example. But yeah. the the fact is, is that that, you know, even by me just being able to do that there, that just demonstrates the strength that they've got down there. They yeah. have two main rosters on TV for far too many hours every week. And I care more about the people on NXT and Absolutely. more of them then on either one of the main shows. And I think that speaks volumes. And to me, the big problem we've got at the moment 
with those shows and obviously we'll talk about Survivor Series we'll pull out even more of those problems but the big problem right now is that we have people like Randy Orton Jeff Hardy I'm not saying these are bad wrestlers I'm just saying these are people that have been there for a long time at the top John Cena is hardly there now anyway so you know it's what it is um to a lesser extent AJ Styles um trying to think who we got over on Raw now. You got a lot of dead wooden Raw anyway, whether it'd been old or not. See, I, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I don't think that is one of the main problems because if you look at the Survivor Series teams that they had, uh, it was mostly fresh talent. And I, I say Who fresh, was fresh? Young, yeah, yeah. Because obviously you've got... So, Raw, you had Strowman, who's huge this year. Uh, Drew McIntyre, who I can't say enough good things about. Can we talk mm-hmm. about Drew McIntyre for 25 minutes? Is that okay? Uh, we can when we get to the match. We should really start the beginning of the pay-per-view, but yes, we will no, be no, able to. The thing is, I don't think we need to. Survivor Series was as Survivor Series is. So I don't think we need to do, like, War Games deserves match-by-match analysis. Yeah, we Survivor can kind of skim over Survivor Series, yeah. yeah. The, the end, I will say, just say, I felt the end of War Games was perfect in that you had Ricochet and Pete Dunne stood on top of the cage. And it just kind of, for me, it was them saying, these guys are going to be on top for a long time to come because they're the future. Stick Velveteen Dream on top of that cage, for me, that's the future of wrestling right there. And I can't wait. If that's the future, I can't wait. I, I'm, I'm with you. And I think my, my personal favourite moment of them climbing up the cage to do that, the pose with the belts and anything like that, my favourite moment was thinking, blimey, Ricochet's tall. Or is Pete done really short? And then realising <laughs> that they were both standing on different parts of the, of the roof of the structure. So Ricochet was about five inches taller, if not more over Pete Dunne when actually they're probably about the same height. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the thing. I was looking at it thinking, yeah, Pete Dunne's sensible putting his, getting his feet locked up there. You you watch yourself, Ricochet. Uh, Ricochet. Yeah. He'd have like done a, a quadruple somersault off the top of it if there was somebody below him. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> I think everyone was quite glad there was no one standing there because he would have just got confused and just leapt off. It's what he does. Yeah. But um, Survivor Series, Survivor Series... For me, it didn't disappoint as much as I was expecting. I tried to stay up for it. That's the, that's probably the most positive thing you could say about it. <laughs> yeah, but that's wrestling right now. Yeah. Like, if it was disappointing, that means it's actually quite good in comparison. Uh, but Survivor Series, I wasn't expecting anything. My beef with Survivor Series is it just feels dated. I always liked Survivor Series. Survivor Series was one of the first pay-per-views I ever watched as a kid. I've always enjoyed it, but... It was during a time when there was factions. Uh, obviously, the Attitude Era brought more factions, and I'm talking about like the days of you know Hogan, and even when Razor Ramon was the last one standing, mm. those sorts of Survivor Series matches. There was always something on the line, be it a case of which group's going to win. Now, we don't care about Raw versus SmackDown. You know, if it was WWE against WCW, then maybe... But most of WCW wrestlers were WWE wrestlers, so it kind of took away that sort of funness in it. However, there was nothing on the line throughout the entire pay-per-view other than bragging rights of one McMahon to another. If they'd done it it in the past, like by unifying champions, they couldn't, of course, because there's two brands. 
But then you'd have thought, oh, shit, man, someone's going to lose a title. So it would have made it that much more attractive. But with it being, you know, the potential of dream matches, you know, Nakamura, Rollins, Lesnar, Bryan. Yeah, I wanted to see Bryan, but I wasn't excited for the match. I just wanted to see him. Yeah. So I... that there was nothing that really thought to me, oh, yeah, I need to watch Survivor Series. And that's why I stayed up late for it. Because I knew if I didn't watch it live, then I'll be watching it on kind of like times free fast forward on WWE Network. It's exactly what I did. I won't even lie. Yeah. Um, I kind of, I was doing that thing where you can skip 10 seconds ahead and watch most of the matches like that. Watch a, watch a little yeah. bit of it, see that nothing's really going on and skip forward. Uh, if so I miss something, I go back. <laughs> the, the thing that I do with um, Tobias is because he's not interested in watching the whole match. So I say to him, we start the match, he watches the entrances I say to him, do you want to watch it or do you want to see the finish? And he says, finish. So then we fast forward to it, it's about two minutes away from the other dot. So he's able to see how it finishes. I love them dots. Yep. Them dots really help me out on the old uh, tracking bar on WWE Network. Uh, so that's how he tends to watch his wrestling, which is fine. Three hours is too long for him. You don't, you don't even get them on Apple TV when you're watching the network. Do you not? No. You get it on PlayStation and a few other things, but uh, Apple TV doesn't have the, uh, the lines. I also really like it when those lines are on there and uh, it actually tells you what the finish of the match is. Not even just who won the match, but it tells you how they won the match. Oh, so like that. Shane Helms via Vertebreaker or something. Um, so what was the... Uh, so the other thing as well that I hated about this pay-per-view is the fact... That this is... If you didn't already have a spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Is the fact that it was a clean sweep. Like, what was the point in that? I, I did not understand why they couldn't... Because all it does... You know, we talked about NXT, how everybody came out looking like a champ, even if they lost. Yeah. With this, it just looked... SmackDown looked like a piece of shit. And in less than a year, that is going to be on Fox. That's going to mm. be their new, big, shiny brand that's going to be integrated with Fox Sports... And, you know, it's going to be this new kind of product. You know, they're going to really like, change how everything is. And you're making the name sound like a joke right now. But is that the hook? Um, no. And I'm not defending it. But is that the hook that you're going to tune into SmackDown to see what a bunch of losers have to say for themselves? It kind of... If we were writing the show, we'd kind of then turn Shane McMahon Hill as he's been kind of leaning towards... And then really start to blame some people. Uh, Miz uh, comes top of the mind for me, I guess. Uh, but th- again, there was nothing, as I say, there was nothing to be excited about. So what? Like SmackDown lost? Yeah, they were made to look bad. Each and every defeat, with the exception of Charlotte, I guess. Maybe like Daniel Bryan, the way that he lost because he lost smiling. But as you say, they're all a bunch of losers, yet they're going to Fox in a year's time, so they better sort themselves out because it's not a great advertisement for Fox that they've signed a losing brand. No, I, I just could not understand the process behind it. It, it, it just beggared belief, so I didn't like that element of it at all. I yeah. thought it should have been a lot more... Um, I mean, usually with these events, when they have something like that, when, when they used to, it used to be called breaking rights... You used to yeah. get, um, you know, a 3-3 three, three or, or, you know, a 3-4. So, so someone was the the eventual winner, but it was close. Yeah. This was just 
an insult, really. I think to the I, I, I would welcome, especially say with SmackDown going to Fox next year, I would welcome, and I wouldn't even be that surprised if they were then to scrap Survivor Series within the next year or two. Uh, I think there'd be too much of an uproar. Um, Why, though? Well, from who? From from old school fans. It's like if they change WrestleMania, like it's one of the big five. Um, yeah. Well, it really is it's one the, of the big is four. Is it the first of the big five? Four? No. WrestleMania was first. It was WrestleMania. It was WrestleMania. SummerSlam. No. SummerSlam, Rumble. Rumble, SummerSlam, yeah. yeah I'm pretty yeah. sure that's how it went about. I can't, I can't remember the first Rumble was. I want to say it's 88. But then yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure that's when SummerSlam started. I'm sure we can um, edit the podcast to make it sound like we really know our stuff. No, no. And also, going back to your point earlier about when Survivor Series used to be a big thing, I think they should go back and start Survivor Series with every superstar saying what they're thankful for. (laughs) I appreciate appreciate that, you know, Survivor Series used to be the Thanksgiving Day tradition, and that's when it used to be aired was on, you know, Thanksgiving Day. Um but it's still really the Thanksgiving pay-per-view, even if it's not at Thanksgiving. So, therefore, the superstar should tell us what they're thankful for. You know, Bobby Roode could be thankful uh, for his robe or or just being employed still. Um, Heath Ledger can be thankful for his kids. Um, He's got kids. Actually, you're right. I was harsh. Heath Ledger, by the way. I was wrong about about Bobby Roode. That actually should go down to Chad Gable uh, about being grateful he's still employed. Um, Heath Ledger. No, not Heath Ledger. Yeah. Heath Slater. <laughs> I was going to say, I got kids. <laughs> but for saying it's about Spice Series, what I did like about Spice Series was Charlotte Flair against Ronda Rousey. I forget how good Charlotte Flair is and what a match she can generate. Well, she, She's quality. And R- Rousey was, was very good as well. Well, I mean, the thing is, like when you said at the top of the show about how he's going to eat some humble pie about Rousey, yeah. And, the, and the reason why was that match what I and I don't want to put the, these ideas in your head but um, you've got to remember that she, as you say she had that match with Charlotte and Charlotte is probably second only to Natalia in terms of women that can get a decent match out of another woman um, I'd, I'd put Charlotte on top well, yeah, I know you'd put Charlotte on top, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about the wrestling ability. And Natalia, I, although she's not my favourite uh, female wrestler, I mean, she yeah. is masterful at what she does. And she's yeah. the, the queen of getting a good match out of somebody. Um, but I think if you look at like the, the recent uh, Rousey-Bella match, you know, the comparison is, is almost unparalleled. But to me, I didn't think that uh, Ronda had improved that much from the Bella match to the Charlotte match. I just think the quality of opponent had changed dramatically. And that's yeah. possibly what shifted that over from being a, a superior match. Um, but Charlotte's talent, I, I just, to me, well, because I mean, the original plan that they were kind of going for before Becky got injured was. Uh, Flair versus Rousey at WrestleMania. That's what the plan had been all along. That's what yeah. they were going to aim for. Now, you know, two things have happened in that time. The first is that Becky got injured. Uh, and the yeah. second is Becky got over. And I mean, over like Rover. Like, 
she's probably the most over person on any roster right now. She is so over. It is obscene. I read the other day. She's unbelievable at the moment, right? Absolutely. I mean, I I saw a thing that, you know, the, uh, you know, the short clips that they, they push out after raw SmackDown where something's happened, right? Those short clips, the average on those clips is about 500,000. Right, between three okay. and three and uh, hundred and five hundred thousand. Is that 000. also similar to the numbers we get for this podcast? Yes, very similar. Full, so thank you. Please carry on. Sorry, give uh, give or take a few of those zeros. Um, but um, the one the one last week uh, when when Becky launched the attack on the roster and SmackDown invaded Raw, five point yep. two million. Jesus. Now. How, how about the um, the video they put out? I uh, I I've not seen I've not seen numbers for that, but I mean that video uh, we were talking about it, it the other that, day. That was trending on Twitter, wasn't it? It was like the top news story on the searches, uh, yeah. certainly in this country, in the UK. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see what numbers they're doing. But I think this is what frustrates me because you see what WWE can produce. And I'm not talking about the Marine Six, but you see what they can produce uh, in their Blu-ray. backstage footages and their documentary. <laughs> but you see what they can make with their documentaries and this backstage stuff. Why aren't they bringing this to TV? Yeah. Why are they saving it for the people that log into YouTube or whatnot? Because ain't that many, surely. I would be... I would be shocked if they don't play it on SmackDown this week. If they don't play it on SmackDown, they've missed an absolute trick. Um, because even well, why are they not? Why are they not producing segments like this on a day like it's what TNA were kind of doing in their glory days of TNA? And they've they got, were doing like no shoes like that. And they've got Borash over there now, so they've got the talent to do it. Um, maybe he was involved in that. I don't know, but if they do not show, if they do not show that clip, they're idiots. Because the thing yeah. is, even if you've watched that clip on the internet, if they whack it on SmackDown tonight, you're probably going to sit down and watch it again. And it, at, at the very, at the very worst, you'll fast forward for it because you've already watched it. But it gives everyone that hasn't had the chance to see it because it was just pushed out. It's not been any hype around it. It was just pushed out and people have shared it and it's been, you know, I know it's how things go viral on, on social media, but there's still probably a huge audience that haven't seen that video and, and they should. And it just demonstrates even more what talent they've got with Becky Lynch next, yeah. you know, WrestleMania next year now will be Becky Lynch, Ronda Rousey. That is what they're going to be aiming for. If they don't, I'd be completely shocked. But to me, uh, the days of Charlotte Rousey, for WrestleMania are, are over. That feud will be done by Royal Rumble, in my opinion. Um, I didn't. Do you think that that will then be the first women's match to a main event WrestleMania? Because it sounds like a main event. I think. I think with how there, there's a long time between now and WrestleMania, and there's a long time for. Uh, is it though? Because we're almost in December. Yeah, but we're four months-ish away, five months away from WrestleMania at this point. There's every chance they can balls this up with Becky. Oh, yeah. So that's the only reason why I'm apprehensive. If they can keep this momentum going, if they can keep Rousey doing what she's doing, where she's kind of a little bit in between, just like Becky is, 
You know, she's supposed to be a face, but there's definitely some some grey area there. If they can keep that momentum up, then it absolutely should headline. But yeah. they've got to keep that momentum up, and it's going to be hard um, because it's WWE we're talking about. Um, but at this moment in time, uh, I can't think of another match that should headline WrestleMania. Can't think of anyone um, that that should be in that top spot except those two. Yeah. No, I agree. No, fair point. But um, just finish on um, Survivor Series because it doesn't deserve to be talked about that much. Um, I oh, well, did the like... team. The team matches were horrible. Uh, the well, t-shirts no, were horrible. Say, I didn't, I didn't, yeah, I don't like the t-shirts, but I didn't mind the men's uh, elimination match because it reminded me just how much I do like the Survivor Series format mm. if it's done well. And it started pretty decent, though. I was kind of like, I didn't like that Samar Joe went out for next to nothing. Uh, but I did enjoy it. The one thing, and I, I want to talk about Rey Mysterio to you for a moment here, right? Because there is not another wrestler that can that ends up putting the other wrestler hanging on that middle rope more than Rey Mysterio. I know it's part of one of his finishes, the 619. But every time they get caught hanging on that middle rope, he acts surprised. He's like, oh, you're there. I'll do a 619 then. Yep. It's never a case of he's done it on purpose. He's surprised that they've ended up in that predicament and he's taken over the advantage for it. The 619, before it was called that, before he comes <laughs> to WWE, used to be a um a show off move he used to do in WCW. So it wasn't yeah. he never kicked anyone, he used to run to the other side of the of the ring and do it as a way of kind of getting the crowd hyped up. It wasn't a move yeah. in in terms of it didn't hit the opponent. It was the just him is, showing I'm off. I'm fine with the move. I'm fine with the move. What I don't like is how he acts surprised every time someone yeah. lands. It should be that his purpose is to get them there and he's like, Yeah, you're there. Now I'm gonna get you. Not how did you get there? The women's Survivor Series match was just absolutely blah. I can barely remember anything that happened of note in it. Uh, it was what it was. Well, I can remember in this match. I can remember Nia Jax winning. It's when I started to fall asleep. <laughs> and, I, and I didn't wake up again until the middle of Lesnar versus Brian. Jesus. Uh, but then I'm, I'm wide awake at this point. Yeah, it's true. like what? Caught at four in the morning. Now I'm wide awake. And I ended up staying up for most of the AJ Styles documentary, the followed Survivor series. I could have watched that any time. I've not finished watching it. Could have watched it any time because I was so wide awake now at quarter four and I'm buzzing after a really good main event. And I watched it most of that. Yeah. It was, um, yeah, so the women's match did nothing for me. Uh, Seth versus Nakamura, I skipped most of the way through it. Cause, and you know what? The reason I did it is because I didn't care. I like That's it. Nakamura. Uh, I've, I've never been that bothered about Rollins anyway, but I like Nakamura. But because there was no danger, because there was no title on the line, I just couldn't be bothered. Yeah. Um, but, but that was Survivor Series. That was Survivor yeah. Series. It was, uh, it was almost like uh, one of their house show pay-per-views from Saudi Arabia. Yeah, they, very... could have, they could have hosted it out there because nothing happened of any newsworthy. no. no. It um, would have been a perfect, and I could see them even doing that, perhaps in future. Take it out to Saudi Arabia, 
have them see all those like big gimmicky matches. Let them have it. Make it well, uh, six, six people on a team and they can call it, you know, the world's biggest Survivor Series and throw it out in the desert. Yeah. The only thing is, because I, I was talking to T about this, I was watching the match and he asked me who did I think was the oldest in the men's elimination match. Who do you think is the oldest or is, yeah, is the oldest in the men's Survivor Series match? Shane. Yeah. Do you know how old Shane is? Shane has got to be 51-ish. Nah, he's not that old. Nah, he's, no? he's 48. Okay. He's 48. But even that, I'm thinking, damn, you're 48, dude. No one talks about Shane being old. Because we kind of grew up with Shane, you don't really associate Shane as being old. When he oh, comes I do. Out, he, then looks, he, doesn't. he looks old. Do you think he doesn't look 48, though, does he? Yeah, he does Do now. you think so? Yeah, I mean, it's not... Since since he started to do some, some stuff the last few WrestleManias, yeah, I think he's he's aged pretty badly. He, he's no, become quite no, noticeable. He's bulked up, but I don't think he's he's aged that bad. Yeah, I, mean, still, I, I just couldn't believe he was that old. Though. I was surprised. And I imagine the, the next oldest is probably... Uh, Samar Jai, wasn't it? I can't remember how old he is. He's got to be early 40s now, because he's been around for a long time. Nah, because what, you've got um, Ray Mysterio as well, about 40s. Oh, yeah, sorry, I forgot about Ray Mysterio. Yeah, of course, yeah. That's true. Um, But yeah, so... Jeff Hardy, I think he's still like, what, 42, 43 Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy's younger than you think. Um, but only because he started wrestling so young. Um, But yeah, I I mean, other than Drew McIntyre, that match was blah as well. Um, But the main event, like you say, um, I'm not a big fan of Brock. I find him too too samey. I love what um, Brian did on the way out with the the yes and the kind of stopping. It was the kind of thing you'd expect Hollywood Rock to do when he yeah. used to kind of come out and try and do a catchphrase and stop himself because he knew the crowd wanted him to do it, so he'd stop. I like the little touches. I like the expressions during the match. Um, as you say, like, you weren't too sure how he was going to be, but you definitely saw that he was more healed than face during this match. And as well as that, just like the uh, the Champa match, I thought Brian could win. Yeah, either, and that, that's what I liked about the match. The there there were so many different finishes, mm. and uh, yeah, I, at one point I was like, "Yeah, he's done it." Oh no! And I wanted Brian to win because, like you, I don't really like Brock Lesnar. I kind of don't don't want to see him as champion because I know the title's not going to be around. And for, for God, that, that that thought as well. We now Brock Lesnar's not defending the title until Royal Rumble, so that's what almost two months away. Mm. Seth Rollins isn't going to defend his IC title until TLC, which is a month away, which means that Seth Rollins would have not defended his title for three whole months now. Mm. So we're not going to, the only titles we're going to see defending on Raw are going to be the tag titles and possibly the women's title. Yeah. I don't think she's defended it much on Raw. 
they're the only tiles, the two main tiles are just not on TV. And it's such a shame. It really hurts. Because as we say about Survivor Series, we didn't care about it because there was nothing on the line. And that's what it's going to be for Raw for the next while. SmackDown, at least we're seeing title matches on SmackDown. We're not really seeing much of Nakamura, not his fault, but at least we're seeing the title matches. Yeah. Yeah, there is, so, there so. is, there is definitely that. Um, yeah. Just before we wrap up, um, and just because it aired, I wanted to tell you about Raw and my my thing. So I do not tell me have, about Raw. I do not have enough time uh, to watch Raw. So when we do this podcast, I do make, mm-hmm. I try to make as much effort as I can to watch as much as I can, which annoyed me greatly last week because I watched Raw and SmackDown highlights and then you sorry. decided to record a podcast with your son. Uh, <laughs> just like I think, Gene, sorry. But um, I did this morning. You know what it is? Yeah. Nice, there you go. Um, it really cool, but sick. I just thought it sounded a bit like uh, Pigeon Street in the background. It's, 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 a, it's from a Ronnie Corbett sitcom from the from the eighties. Yeah, yeah, uh, no, I knew that. But all oh, right, yeah, it's cool, cool. Sorry. So, sorry. Um, <laughs> sorry. So, um, so this morning I watched Raw because I wanted to see you know the kind of fallout from Survivor Series. God knows why, but I did anyway. Um, and Mark. yes, yeah, absolutely. And, um, yeah, uh, again, I, I just don't know why I bother. I watch the highlights and raw, like there's people that edit raw on YouTube and they edit a three hour show into yeah. a 25 minute YouTube clip. These, these people are doing a great job. Uh, you know what? I mean, I, I then read the results after just to make sure I didn't miss anything. And to be honest, I saw pretty much I mean, I wouldn't even say highlights, but definitely the, the key points from those from that episode. And I just thought, why are we, is anyone wasting three hours of their life watching Raw right now? Because it is not there's not three hours worth of decent content on it at all. It's it's hard. Steph was an embarrassment. I mean, did you hear that comment about the? Um, oh, what did I say? It, it was it was a. A kind of dig at the uh, the recent Saudi journalist. Um, no, no. What was this? She said it. I can't remember what the comment was, but she said it's Corbyn, and it was about. Um, it was almost like a sacrifice. Uh, I can't remember what the exact right. comment was. It was really. really uh, it kind of like it just kind of slipped under the radar. But it was like, did you just really say? Do you make reference to someone? Uh, you know, losing their life because of. You know, that kind of thing. Very odd. Um, which obviously, you know, got superseded not too far later on in the show. Um, Corbin yeah. got no time for. Um, Do you know what? I like Corbin. I was going to talk to you about Corbin. I like Corbin because what Corbin's done is he's taken, uh, what, a low mid-card wrestler, balding at that, and he's actually become um, a big deal in a sense. Guys, he's got this power. But the whole new look, the way that he's carrying himself, the way that he's acting as acting general manager, I actually like. His, even I've liked his theme music when it finally kicks in. <laughs> there, there's um, the way that he's dealing with Braun Strowman. Sure, he's acting scared. I think everyone except Drew McIntyre is scared around Braun Strowman. But he's also trying to do the whole Hill one upmanship with him. Kind of like it. And when he does finally lose the general manager role, 
which I don't think will be too far. It looks like TLC might be the end for him. When he does, uh, I think he will still be an asset on Raw as a good bad guy. I, I kind of like him. He's got a good little moveset. I like the thing he does where he runs around the corner of the ring turnbuckle. I, I kind of like him. I don't think... But again, he's not going to be, when we look back at the best general managers, he's never going to be in that sort of uh, debate. Oh, I, care I just about like him. what he's done for his character. I, I like that he has... Uh, improved and kind of changed his character in the past, like, what, six months? I care about him about as much as I cared about Gene Snitsky back in the day. Um, <laughs> just does nothing for me. Um, I didn't like him with the hair. I like him better without the hair because it's not quite as goofy looking. But yeah. even so, I, I think he's bang average at best. I think he's punching far above his weight in terms of uh, where he's on the card. And uh, the sooner he stops being GM and goes back to being uh, a jobber to the stars, the better, in my opinion. I don't think he's worth anything more than that. You're right in that he's doing a, a good job with the the role and the position he's been put in, uh, but he doesn't deserve to be there. And I, I don't. I think once that storyline's done, I can see him dropping down the roster quite a bit. And in two years, we'll see him future endeavoured. That's my prediction. Um, yeah. I, LA is not a Ronda Rousey city. Uh, I think we, we discovered that no. this weekend. Um, no. But again, as I was saying to you, I think that there are signs of her turn hill, almost that she's going to turn against the fans. Something that Becky and Brian haven't done in the sense of that she'll target the fans more than she'll target wrestlers. That she's, you know, this dominant force, um, unbelievable in the ring, and the fans aren't cheering for her. I think that will be her angle for, for, for turning heel. The way that she's looking at the crowd, the way that she's you know garnering the reactions, kind of looks that she's hinting towards a heel turn. The um, the other thing about that as well is that to me, uh, the way you know Ronda Rousey took an absolute beating. Uh, yeah. against Charlotte. I mean, I, I still don't know why it went on for as long as it did. It went on for an awful long time and it yeah. ended with her getting her neck uh, trapped in a chair and, and being stamped on. Um, yeah, and Ronda Rousey sold that on Monday Night Raw about as well as uh, David Arquette sold a free count. Um, <laughs> you know, you know he, <laughs> he sold that he sold that free count by after the third pin rolling out of the or walking out of the ring as quickly as he could. Um, and Ronda Rousey came out on Raw as if nothing had happened. Uh, but that put on the... did he? Because I've read his um, thing that he's put his out apology, there, his yeah. statement and whatnot. Did he exit the ring quickly because he felt he was going to bleed to death? Uh, look, go big or go home. Did he not I don't watch? Know. If I had to go big or go home, not go big or go, go die. Look, look, all I'm saying is we've all watched The Wrestler, right? You know, well, yeah. that's the sacrifice you make, son. I believe he hit the move on the top rope, got the free count, and went home and lived his happy life. Chopping his fingers off at the deli counter. Um, if you seen a black man cross the road on two legs. Uh, 
yeah, I, I just I couldn't believe Ronda Rousey came out as if nothing had happened. Have you seen SpongeBob? Well, you've seen me. I don't even know what that's about. But anyway, um, I, I didn't like the fact that Ronda Rousey came out as if nothing had happened. Um, I know she said she was going to get well, revenge on Charlotte, bad. but like, she, she looked a bit battered. She looked a bit like mash up sort you of thing. You don't, you don't take a beating like that and then come out the next, the very next night and have a title match. I'm sorry. Like, How is it, it that I'm now defending Ronda Rousey and you ain't? I'm. Uh, you're defending the wrestler. I'm. I'm slagging off the booking. There's a difference. <laughs> the booking's awful. Um, but yeah, she come out had a match with Mickey James. It was it was what it was. I didn't care for it. Um, then we had the whole night with uh, Dean Ambrose tormenting Seth Rollins, uh, bringing up very tasteful comments about his former tag team partner as well. How can you bring leukemia into it, man? Of all the things to say, how can you mention leukemia? It's, it's almost as bad as when Shawn Michaels brought God to the ring with him in his tag team match. Um, oh, mate, I think it's worse. I, I, I was, can't think of anything it was, lower. It was like, even if, if Even if Roman Reigns has been pestering him, saying, go on, take the piss out of my leukemia, even if he's been writing to Vince incessantly like Andy Dufresne would, why would you use it? Like, if everyone it's, signed off on it, why would you think that's a good idea? That's, it's that's the cheapest. Idea. It's the cheapest of cheap heat. And to make it worse as well, I hate the fact that you then had the whole night Cole and, to a less extent, but also Corey Graves, basically, uh, you know, popping at Renee Young about, well, you, you, what? why is your husband doing this? Well, you must know, yeah. you live with him. And it's like, I know that the line's blurred where it, it's known that they are married in real life, but that they, you know... There's blurring the lines with reality when it's needed, and that to me is not needed. It made no sense. It just seemed that they were acknowledging it for the sake of acknowledging it, and really they'd have been better to, to have just ignored it as if it wasn't ever a thing. Well, it um, seems that this week was the first time that she's acknowledged their relationship because they had the moment when they were all the three were on camera and she gave her kind of reaction to Dean Ambrose turning the hill. But she didn't really. She she spoke for a while, but she didn't say much. And then again, when he comes out, she's silent. She doesn't say much on commentary. She's almost given like the the short sentence reaction pieces. But I would like to hear more from her when Ambrose is out. She shouldn't be silent then. She could kind of even turn into the hill uh, color commentator in the way that she can justify his actions. You know, Stand By Your Man is a very famous song. Renee Young should be belting it out, quite frankly, instead of going silent and saying nothing. Yeah, I just, I, I'm just not, I just don't like the whole thing. Um... I, I did love when, uh, what's his name, Dean Ambrose interrupted Charlie Caruso, I think she was the one. Yeah, 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 she was, yeah. When he interrupted on TV. I'd love to see that more often, quite frankly. Yeah, I mean, what, maybe Dean Ambrose, as a, as a small child, was behind GTV, we'll never know. Um, well, I'd like to see, like, maybe even, like, a detective show, 
when he there's people in the room and he just pops up on the monitor calling out Seth Rollins. You mean a bit like how Paige uh, pops up every now and again to remind her that Paige uh, is Paige here. Paige here. Uh, um, uh... I've got my makeup. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Um, yeah, uh, this angle, this storyline. I think the problem is... I'm bored, I'm bored. I don't like Seth Rollins because he's not defending the title. He's tarnished the title. I don't... And I'm, I, I find it hard to care about him. I don't really care for Dean Ambrose. I don't think he's a very good wrestler. No. I don't think he's got a very good moveset. No. I don't see him as a threat to anyone who's on the upper mid-card level. Mm-hmm. He shouldn't be main event. I don't like that he's in the main event. I don't like that he'll probably be in the main event of TLC. I don't care for Dean Ambrose. I'm so glad you said that because I've never really been uh, a fan of the Shield after yeah. their initial, you know, when they first popped out. Well, I like the Shield. I like the Shield because I like factions. I like that there's someone out there still giving it a go with the whole faction business. And the three of them together, yeah, they call that when they all come out, they cover faces, they come through the crowd. Sierra Hotel Indigo. I like all that. But on his own, nah. Because when there's a group, there's always one who's not as good. And I was fine with that. But now they want him to be the singles guy? Nah, thanks. Yeah. I mean, I relate to that because, I mean, obviously in our group, I was the weak link. So I very much uh, sympathize Gaz. with Dean Ambrose. Yeah, he's... Gaz, yeah, Gaz actually, was... I, for, I forgot Gaz was the weak. Yeah, I, I was second to Gaz. Um, but... Uh-huh. Uh, hi, if you're listening. But um, he won't be. Uh, yeah, I, I just don't care for this angle. And uh, I hope they have an Inferno match and I hope they burn it down and they don't make it out alive and they die on their way back to their home planet, just like Poochie. Um, yes. And that's the thing, like, you know, again, you know, when that's, when that's your main angle on Raw, uh, you've got to care about it and I just don't. The quicker they end this malarkey and they focus on pushing... Um, Drew McIntyre to the moon and back, that's when I'll start caring about Raw again. Honestly, I mean, you know, I could wax the difficult about Drew McIntyre. I'm going to do like a meme or something just to compare what Drew McIntyre looked like when he was in three-man band compared to what he looks like now, but also the way that he conducts himself, the way that he walked about the ring before compared to what he does now. The way that he conducts himself, the way that he behaves, the way he wrestles, I can see him being a champion for years. Rather than like AJ Styles just finished being a champion for a year, I can see Drew McIntyre being a champion for years. There's no one that he's scared of. The fact that he's the only one in the locker room that's standing up to Braun Strowman Mm. shows Braun Strowman no respect whatsoever. Uh, Honestly, I'm so ready for him to be champion. Well, the thing is, before before Freeman banned, you know, they were talking that he was going to be the next big thing. And well, he was the chosen one. But again, yeah. if you if you put the chosen one against this one, then you're just going to see so much difference. He is a completely different wrestler. It's similar to the way uh, JBL was transformed. Mm. His transformation was almost overnight, but he never changed appearance. He just cut his hair mm. and he took and you know shaved off his goatee. But with McIntyre, he's completely changed his whole physique. He's, you know, worked on his moveset 
And everything about the guy is so thought about from every look, from every smile. Everything is thought about. And, and that's why I can see him being the absolute immediate future of WWE. The, the guy blows me away. I think he's tremendous talent. There was a documentary a few years ago uh, about ICW. And yes. it was when. Yeah, I saw this. Yeah, so you so you know it's like you know it was after he got cut the first time or he, he left WWE, and the thing is he went from being on you know TV, on major, mainstream TV, playing arenas all around the world, to playing uh, you know in front of like a few hundred people in Scotland, and yeah. there was no kind of he he wasn't demoralised for it. He was energized for it he wanted to make a difference yeah. he wanted to make an impact and the thing is that to me was such a testament to the man himself that he'd yeah. gone immediately from you know thousands of people on a weekly basis so a few hundred on a monthly basis and acted as if they were the same you yeah. know it doesn't happen very often and i thought he'll make it back one day he's too talented not to and if you've not seen it, um, they, they did their uh, dinner for free, and it was him, Heath Slater, and Jinder Mahal. They only did it like a couple of months ago, I think. Mm. Uh, maybe more recent. I'm very bad in terms of time. And it was interesting to hear because he was talking about, obviously, that stage of his life and the way, like, it, where his mind was at and how he kind of needed to hit reset. And obviously, mm. he's sitting across the table from Jinder Mahal who, guide? he was re-signed, you know, fairly close after he was released. I think it's only a couple of months. Uh, but he obviously changed his whole appearance. And the same thing yeah. that Galloway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know. But Galloway uh, did the same, but it took him a lot longer to then get back. And the way that, you know, since left Heath Slayer uh, in the dust in terms of it, like, you've already had one champion, and it's just a matter of time before Galloway takes a title. Yeah, I think you're... But I don't know when, because if we've got to wait for Lesnar to defend against Strowman at Royal Rumble, then when is he going to win it? Is because they tend to use, because of uh, Lesnar not wanting to wrestle more than 20 minutes a year, uh, are they then going to use the Elimination Chamber to be the number one contenders match rather than put Lesnar in there? So we could be looking at, you know, potentially Drew Galloway against Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. I'll take it. I'll have it for a uh, Yeah, I'll take it. But then I can't see it being the main event, which then gives credence to uh, Ronda Rousey main event. So the two things I want to end up with, because uh, we avoided talking about it during Survivor Series, and, and I think we need to address it quickly, which is the fact that they made Spud piss himself on TV. And then did a whole segment about pee jokes on, on Monday Night Raw the next night. Um, See, I was, I was happy not giving it the time of my day. I, uh, I mean, immediately upon watching it, it reminded me of uh, the 1989 Hollywood classic, uh, No Holds Barred. <laughs> where you go, where have, you, have, you not, have you never seen No Holds Barred? Uh, I've not no, seen it. I don't believe it. I have, no. I've not seen no. I, I thought you meant the WWF documentary. No, no, it was a film. WWF made a film. It's when they were trying to turn Hulk Hogan into an action star, and it was right. Hulk Hogan, uh, and he. It was the where we first learned of Tiny Lister Junior, and he played Zeus, 
Um, later, obviously, uh, Tony Lister Jr. was more famous for Little Nicky. Um, okay. Later on, he was the uh, the other demon brother. Right. That wasn't Risa fan. So, you know, he, he's been around a lot, but they tried to make him a wrestler. And so this is that going to be on the test later, by the way? Yes, it is. Um, right. So No Holds Barred is a terrible film from 1989, um, which led to a pay-per-view. Where are you going with this? Get, I'll get to it. Well, they even led to a pay-per-view. But the most famous scene in that film is when, uh, I want to say it's like Hogan's niece or something gets kidnapped. And right. he, he finds some of the people that um, that kidnapped her. And he starts beating them up in a, in a parking lot because, of course, it's, it's Hogan. That's what he does. And he gets to the last person and he picks him up. I didn't know Hogan bigged up people in parking lots. All the time. And um, as well as saying racist remarks. And uh, he grabs uh, one of the assailants by the collar and lifts him up off the floor. And he just looks at him and grimaces. And he goes, what's that smell? And the guy goes, oh, dookie. Because he shat himself. Right. And that is Vince's level of humour is to have somebody piss and shit themselves as a plot device. And so it was basically Vince going, that joke worked in 1989, let's do it again. Uh, it was fa- absolutely awful. I felt so sorry for Spud. He's an excellent talent. Um, I've got no problem with them using him. Uh, you know, arguably his greatest asset is his mouth. He's he's a good wrestler, but he's quite small. Um so I don't mind them using it as a mouthpiece and being the GM of 205 Live, but that was just an abomination. And I can't believe they let it happen. Before I forget to mention it, if you have the time and the capacity, would you be able to get you saying, Dookie, would you be able to get that during the opening theme music? because people need to hear that again. I'll see what I can do. Um, <laughs> the the other thing as well, I think with the, the, the recent change of direction with the character... Are we able, sorry, are we able to give this a segment? Like, soak dishes two cents or something like that, or what grinds my gear, something like that. I'll let you think about what you want to call your segment, but I'd like it to be a weekly thing where I get to hear your latest gripes. Well, funny enough, on the other podcast I do, I do have... Is it going to be funny? Is it? Is it going to be another reference nah, not... to a not very popular 80s movie? It's not going to be. It's not going to be funny. Um, but on other <laughs> podcasts that I do, I do have uh, Soap Dishes Soapbox where I do rant about something on yeah. a... Okay. used to be a weekly basis, but I've I've got more calm in my later years. Um, but I, what I was going to say was, with the recent change of direction... I think now would be the perfect time for Daniel Bryan to change his look. Really? In what way? Uh, shave the beard. Black man? Shave the hair. I don't know. But I think uh, I think he needs a new look. It's a slightly different gimmick. I think a new hairstyle or a new beard or new facial hair would be good for the character. I think it just freshens things up. A lot of people have obviously rallied behind the hair and the beards. You know, the beard was a big thing yeah. with him for a while. And so I think you've changed your character in a way. You've changed direction. That You could also do that with your appearance. And I think that would be... That would just even more kind of uh, add fuel to the fire about this change that he's gone through. 
Yeah, I hear that. Yeah, I, I, I can see a lot of reason with that. Uh, do you think that it could even be something as simple as sort of going from trunks to trousers? I had thought about that as well. Um, yeah, and just 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 something. I mean, the, the hair and beard would be far more dramatic than uh, new new trousers, but something just to really uh, go do, into. Do you it. think like he could he could keep his hair? But then I, I love that we're discussing this at uh, 20 to 1 in the morning. Do you think it would be possible for him to just tie his hair back? <laughs> it's the uh, best question I've ever asked. Is it possible for him to tie his hair? I mean, I, I imagine so. Uh, I'm, I'm sure he's got an elastic band somewhere that's vegan. Um, so if yeah, it's possible. Please send in your thoughts on tying back <laughs> Just give him an yeah. Alice band or something. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I think that would be that would be good. I mean, The Rock did you know similar when he turned heel, you know, he changed his appearance a little bit. Um, yeah. I just think I, I think he adds the character, and to be honest, I think there's nothing wrong with that. And also, as well, from a merchandising point of view, if you make a dramatic change to your appearance how many more action figures can you make because like how many daniel bryan action figures look the same john cena action figures look the same the only thing that's different is you know the color of the the outfit might be a bit different but otherwise the figure looks exactly the same so if you change dramatically he's he's got a couple of figures coming out so it might then be a case of he has to keep that look until oh, the figures have God, come out. No. How, mate, how many figures? Well, actually, you won't know, but I can tell you. There's been loads of figures that have been released of wrestlers that have either uh, been future endeavoured or have split up as a tag team or changed their appearance before the figures have even actually yeah, like, reached the shop. True. So I know what you're saying, but nah, I think they could get away with it. I mean, l- let's be honest. If uh, Daniel Bryan came out of SmackDown tonight with a shaved head, there'd be a T-shirt on Shop Zone by tomorrow morning. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. So, you know. By the way, I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, Check out WWE Shop every day this week. They're doing their build-up to Black Friday, and they're releasing stuff every day. You know how much I love this shop. First day was Christmas. And the thing is, stuff is still uh, in the Black Friday sale. They're just adding to it. So Friday is going to be like an absolute smash and grab kind of day. Uh, Monday was the decorations. Today is their winter wear. So I've still got three days to put stuff in. And I reckon it'll be like, uh, so you've got like t-shirts will be in there a day. Titles probably in there a day, like titles. And maybe like accessories in there for the third day, something like that. Plus discounts on top. It's going to be absolute bedlam come Friday. Well, I've already bought your presents from ShopZone already before the Black Friday Woo-hoo! sale started, so I've, I've sucked at that game. Oh, well, um, that's it for me. So was there anything else before we wrap up? Uh, I think we mentioned David Arquette enough. Yeah. Uh, that was the only thing I had on my mind. Uh, mixed match. Uh, mixed match challenge. And I'm, I'm enjoying it because it's just a fun element. I like that AJ wasn't used on TV following losing the title. It was breaking news when Mixed Match went out. Jeff Hardy replaced him. And Charlotte beat Oscar, not for the first time, to end Oscar's winning streak on the Mixed Match Challenge. 
so Oscar now has absolutely nothing about her character that is of any interest. Uh, she really needs a rework. Uh, yeah, but they also announced what the what spoils go the victors. The winners of Mixed Match Challenge will enter the Royal Rumble, each Royal Rumble as number 30, which is like a pretty decent incentive, even though no number 30 ever wins a Royal Rumble anymore. Mm. Uh, plus, they get a nice little holiday all paid for. <laughs> so it looks like, because you have Braun Strowman on the Raw side, his, him and what's-her-face, Ember Moon, they're undefeated. And then you've got AJ Styles and Charlotte on the other side, SmackDown side, they're undefeated. Braun Strowman's already got a match at Royal Rumble, as long as he beats Baron Corbin. So you kind of feel as though it will be AJ Styles and Charlotte winning a mixed match challenge. Interesting. Charlotte perhaps win, goes on to win the Royal Rumble to then challenge Ronda Rousey, perhaps, mm-hmm. to carry on there. Uh, little feud that they have together. Oh, I haven't started watching Mixed Match. I've got no intention of watching Mixed Match. I'm sure it's yeah, good, but it's just it's, too it's, much TV. There's so much wrestling. The missus said to me the other day, it's all I watch, but I'm thinking, hey, I enjoy it, so that's fine by me. Oh yeah, that's that. That's it. If it's if if it's all you watch and you've got time to watch it, you know, wax on. I I just don't, unfortunately. I've got to be more choosy, and especially after the weekend of pay per views as well. Um, but uh, interesting, so interesting. But yeah, I think that is just about it from me, my good soap. Was there anything else you wanted to get off your uh, soapbox? Not not this week. I'll I'll see what happens on SmackDown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good we've, got, we've got we've gone two hours i think that's enough <laughs> we've gone two hours she should be so lucky and that's on that said. top of weed yeah there you go <laughs> sorry i was trying to work out what, what the relevance was and then it clicked in apologies miss my cue uh, well, thank you, Sodish, for joining me on this bumper edition of Pencil Net Geeks. Thank you. I look forward to speaking to you again, uh, perhaps in the week. And uh, everyone else, thanks for tuning in. If you've listened to this in one go, please write in and uh, we will send you on an all-expense holiday and you will enter the Royal Rumble as number 29. There you go. Uh, and also rate, subscribe, uh, wherever you listen to this podcast, iTunes or Acast Sorry, or Spotify. Sorry, did you or say also rate or subscribe? Because I don't want to be encouraging that behaviour. Uh, rate, uh, you know, uh, admittedly very similar spelling, uh, but totally different concepts. So no, um, if you could rate and survive. Survive? Thank you got me doing now. Survive. Oh my God. Stay alive. No matter where you are, I will rate, find you. Rate and subscribe. Rate and Why subscribe. Why did the five-star match in his commentary as well? That was pathetic. Damn you, Dave Meltzer. You stay alive. No matter where you are, I will find you. Isn't that what Liam Neeson said? He's got a special set of skills. It was played by uh, Daniel Day-Lewis, yeah. Okay, good stuff. Uh, right. So, uh, yeah, on that, we'll see you. Well, you, you might see me. You'll definitely see the big man uh, on the next episode. Great and survive.
rate and survive. One fall. <laughs> this podcast is part of the After Dark Podcast. Oh.